Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad. Thank you for joining me today. I hope your day is started off right. Hope you got a good cup of coffee in front of you. I uh, I know I did. Um, but hey, if you don't drink coffee, that's okay. We uh, we don't discriminate here. <laughs> I uh, I've heard of a lot of people giving it up. A lot of people in the uh, self help community they are giving up coffee, and um, I don't know. I, I it seems like there's benefits to it, but uh, I, I think at least in the short term, I would have some serious <laughs> negative side effects. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it in check. I don't I don't go crazy like I used to, so I I don't foresee that happening. Uh, I'd, I'd have to rebrand the whole show anyway, so we we can't have that. Today on the show, I've got Cameron from Hermit Radio and. We recorded this a few weeks ago. It was during, oddly enough, a snowstorm. I, well, I shouldn't say snowstorm. You know, here in Texas, if it snows for more than three hours, that's a snowstorm. And uh, it actually hadn't snowed to this magnitude in something like four years or so. But as soon as we started recording, uh, it was snowing. And I say that just because um, our connection was a little weak. So I feel like I need to, you know, to preface it up front and let you know, you know, what, what's going on there. But um, it, we had some great content. I mean, Cameron is such a, uh, an incredible person, fun to talk to, uh, and just such a depth of uh, life experience. Um, it kind of reminds me of some of the things that I find from like Alan Watts. Uh, I was on this YouTube rabbit hole the other day and ran across this uh, Alan Watts video. And he said something that kind of blew my mind like he normally does. But he said, you're under no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago. And I know that might seem a little odd that I would, you know, sort of latch on to that. But there's been so many times in my life where I felt like I had to live up to someone else's idea of me, you know, and if they thought I was, you know, the sarcastic, rude guy, then I felt like I had to fit that role. And, you know, sometimes you're just having an off day, you know, and so it, it's sort of one of those things where when I unpack it a little bit, it's like Alan's telling me I don't have to take even my own thoughts personally, and that I can just let let it go and decide to be a person that's not upset by something or that doesn't um, want to fly into a rage <laughs> at, at, at random people. I don't have to be that person that I was just five minutes ago. And it's a very liberating sort of concept. And this is the kind of thing that I get out of Cameron's show. He really just has these powerful messages in each episode. Um, he's mainly a solo podcaster. He has occasional guests, but he'll cover topics like how much of your peace are you giving away to people? You know, like that really, just the title alone sort of blew me away. And he says it much better than I do. I'll post a link on how you can find all of his shows. But essentially what he was saying is that Every time we get upset over something that we deem, you know, uh, 
offensive or whatever. You know, it doesn't agree with our sensibilities and we choose to speak out and, and, and even if you don't speak out and you just hold it in, but you're sort of that internal monologue, that voice in your head is sort of judging uh, whoever it was or the situation. Each time we do that, it's like giving little pieces of our joy, or I'm sorry, not our joy. I guess you could say joy as well, but more importantly, like you're giving away more peace each time, you know, that we do that. And that just really hit home with me because over the years, you know, I have been giving away a lot of my peace to even random people, you know, in traffic uh, or people that, uh, you know, just randomly occur in your life, but you're never going to see again. Uh, Now that I think about it, I'm thinking, you know, is it really that important to be upset with somebody that I'll never see again? Or even more importantly, if I will see them again, is it, there's even more of a reason why I shouldn't try to be upset with them. And that's just one episode. You know, he did a 40 minute, I think, uh, episode just on that topic goes into deep topics there. He's one of those voices that has sort of kept me sane during, you know, the quarantine time. So I, I really hope you enjoy this. Here's Cameron from Hermit Radio. I've, uh, I've really been enjoying your podcast. Like it's, um, it, it has such a wide range of topics when it comes to personal development. And I'm, I'm just curious, like what inspired you to launch Hermit Radio? I experienced what I would call a spiritual awakening roughly <clears throat> two years ago now. But the prelude to that was I was in the army for a long time. I went to Afghanistan mm-hmm. and uh, I had experienced problems with PTSD for many years mm-hmm. and I just wasn't really aware of it. Yeah. And when I got out of the army, army it was this transitional like taking one mat putting another one on and bodybuilding things so lifting and getting huge i was massive but it was just part of the ego complex that i had developed and i thought that once i got out of the army i would be better and that it would go away and it just it didn't it actually got worse and so the most important thing that happened to me was it finally forced me to to ask myself, you know, why am I, why am I in so much pain? Life so hard. It shouldn't be so hard. Yeah. I'm not even in the army anymore. I have, I have freedom again. Like, why is this so difficult? And that one question, once I started really asking it over and over again, and, and really trying to find answers, um, changed me in a profound way that is sometimes difficult to explain. But I realized that you know the person I was trying to be was just an illusion and. Mm when I let go of those things and I let go of trying to be a bodybuilder or being a GI Joe, yeah, um, I realized like who I really was and that oh. everything else was just pretend. Um, and then once I let go of those identities, um, I could rebuild and I decided to, to, to be who I was without the strings attached. And I just had to figure out like, who does that look like? You know, who do I want to be now? what actually makes me happy. And then that's what started this journey. And then once I really started to figure it out, I had this profound moment where I was like, I felt truly free, um, truly liberated. And then, but the very next thought was like, 
this is good, but it's not just for me. It's mm. for everyone. And I believe that people that have this experience tend to come around in history and they have these same experiences and, you know, they almost do the exact same thing. They decide to share it with people so that they can help them and encourage them on the way in their own journeys. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. So you took, you know, your, your PTSD and you kind of turned it into kind of like a, a teacher, would you say, would you, would you say that it brought you to this point, you know, where you're, you know, because I'll be honest, when I listen to your podcast, you sound like someone, I don't know what your background is, but someone that has just studied this stuff for a long time. Like you're very knowledgeable. It, it, yes. Um, sometimes it, I've described it in the past as like, sometimes when I'm talking, you know, I don't, I don't really re like pre do anything before I record. I kind of really? just set it up and I go, yeah. You don't have any notes it's, or anything. You just kind of hit record and go with it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, man. It's, I, but I don't want to take all the credit because I don't think it's oh. always me. I, I think that it's a little bit of some divine guidance and yeah. I can feel that because sometimes I'll get done recording and I'll go back and listen to it. I'm like, I don't even remember saying that most of it. I don't wow. remember actually saying it. It just kind of flows out of me. And that's, I think that's just what happens. I th and I think that we're all capable of it. We're all capable of it. everything that I've done. Everyone's capable of it. They just need to know that they can hmm. and then work on themselves enough. And it, and it comes out and I've seen it in my own life. And this is part of the reason why I feel like it's so important, especially right now in the times we're in, Yeah, you know, it's difficult for people. Sure. And so you're saying that basically everybody has the ability to be a receiver for this, for this divine sort of um, source, if you will. What, yes. What do you think cuts people off from believing in that? Do you think there's any one society? Is it the human condition? What, what's your opinion? Hmm. I think yes. I mean, all, yes to all of those things, but more importantly, it's their own selves, their ego identities, you know, and I know that we probably hear that a lot, especially lately, but what does that actually mean, right? Your, your ego identity, the very thing that made me Cameron who felt the need to be a GI Joe and a bodybuilder, right? What is that? It yeah. was an accumulation of things that I'd learned from my life from parents and teachers and soldiers. And I felt like I had to be those things when that really wasn't it at all. It was just things that I thought I needed yeah. to do. And that's proof the mind, right? When we're not aware of what we're doing or the, the actions we're taking or the subconscious habits that we pick up, I like to call that like almost being asleep at the wheel, right? Mm, Your yeah. subconscious is doing the driving. You're just a passenger. But then once you become aware, you can start to fix those things. And it's not perfect. I'm, I'm certainly sure. not perfect, you know, but once you become aware, that's the first step because then you'll catch yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Before you start to yell at somebody, you'll be like, you know what? This is disrupting my peace. And I don't, yeah. I don't need to yell at you. I don't need to fight with you. We can just let it be. Right. No, that's, that's, uh, that's beautiful. I've, I've experienced that in my own life because, you know, we exchanged a few messages before we, um, got on here and, and we've talked, or I talked about how I was addicted to anger and didn't even know it. You know, my, my whole life, I would wake up in the morning and I would start thinking about all the things that I was getting ready to be upset about, you know, like that <laughs> guy at work I didn't like, I'm going to have to deal with him. He never has his TPS report ready, you know, and it's almost like, you know, that, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of priming my body 
to, to receive these annoying experiences. And when I first heard about anger being a, an addiction, I thought that's, that's preposterous. Like, why would anybody want to be angry? But it's absolutely true because those chemicals that you get, it's, it's a rush. It's like a drug. W- would you agree? Or Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. And it makes you feel in control, right? Because that's yeah. what we want more than anything is we want to be in control. And the irony of it is, is that we don't have control, you know, mm. and, and I can understand not everybody believes in God or a source or divine or anything like that. And I understand because it's been so manipulated throughout time. It's very hard right. to understand what it is. That's true. But what I like to do is I like to use the examples that we've been given, right? And the misconceptions that people see um, people like Jesus and Buddha, and they immediately say, well, that's God. And that's not the case. Huh. They're, in my opinion, we're, we're all a piece of that God. We're all a piece of that one thing. And then there's some people who come in and they have more of it and they understand it better. And then they become, like you said earlier, a receiver for that to yeah. give to us so that we can remember, because you know, in any religious, and this is where I have studied is religious texts and ancient scriptures. The one thing that's common between all religions is that God is undescribable because mm. it's just everything, right? It is the right. ultimate. It is the one thing, right? So how can you, you know, it's really difficult. Like, how can you focus on that? How can you use that as an idol or uh, an example, right? You use the people that are here that have been those examples, right? Jesus, Buddha, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, mm-hmm. those people are the physical representation of who we're trying to be, what the goal is to be, yeah. right? To be better people, to be kind and loving and compassionate. Because why else? What what else other than those things has helped us succeed at being human beings or moved us forward in consciousness, right? Yeah. None of them. Anger, depression, sadness. They're learning mechanisms. And as you said Mm. before, you talked about my PTSD being a teacher. Absolutely. And that's why we have these things, right? My anger, my my sadness, my depression, all of those, once I learned what they were, became tools to benefit Mm. me, to to make me better, right? Because every time I get angry and I realize that I'm being angry, I'm like, you know what? Whatever is causing this is because I'm rejecting it. Yeah. Right. rejecting whatever this is and it's making life difficult. Hmm. It's a, it's like when you resist the present moment, that's when I find that I, you know, when I'm so agitated, it's because like, it goes back to what you were talking about with control. You want everything to be how, how you think it should be in your mind. And the beauty in lies with just accepting what is right. And just letting go of that yes. resistance. That's where the sweet spot is of existence where you were talking about where we can reach those levels of enlightenment, like, you know, Gandhi and Buddha and Jesus and Martin Luther King and all those people. It's uh, I got to tell you, it's a little, it's both inspiring and kind of frustrating because when you see what the human potential is, I feel like we live most of us like within a fraction of what our true potential is. And to see people not doing it, um, it, it kind of frustrates me. And I know that's my ego talking. Would you, would you say that's what's going on there? <laughs> you know what? It's not just you. It, <laughs> I also find myself, if there was one thing that I still truly get frustrated by, it is the lack of acceptance of people mm-hmm. and their, their own divine nature, you know, mm-hmm. and, but to be fair, right. 
think about what did what did Jesus say when he was being nailed to the cross, right? Forgive ah, them for right. they know not what to do. That's us. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing because we're not aware of it. We're not aware of our own divine nature. And we're not aware of this thing that we have in us that makes us better. Yeah. But but that isn't to be said that we need to change today because how do you take something like coal, right? Uh-huh. Coal and you turn it into diamond immense pressure mm, force yeah. and it just pushes with immense power into this thing. And then it, boom, you have diamond, right? That is another analogy for us. Yeah. How do you learn how to be something from, from, you know, people seemingly without any consciousness or, you know, memory or brain matter, or whatever, like we started as nothing. We're now here. So, either we were born perfect and we would have already had this and maybe we forgot and now we're trying to remember or we never had it to begin with and now we're learning to get there yeah so we have to learn from our mistakes just like children right we have to learn from the things the evil the horrible things that we do to ourselves and to others they are bad but they're also necessary Hmm. we'll never move forward we'll never get to be better because Humans, unfortunately, have a very poor memory, and it, <laughs> yeah. t- it takes sometimes dramatic events and dramatic. I mean, even just think about it in your own life, right? Like, oh, yeah. think about all the trauma and horrible things you've experienced in your life that led mm-hmm. you to here that have made you more patient, more compassionate. Right. No, it's true. You know, it, it just uh, it, it myself especially like I have to just hit myself with you know uh, something over and over again before I learn it, and. Uh, my wife and I were talking, uh, you know, around New Year's, you know, as and we were reflecting kind of as you do around that time. And she was mentioning how, like, she stops and she goes, do you ever feel bad about things that you've done in the past? And, and she said, you know, I certainly do. And I thought to myself, well, in my eyes, my wife is a, an angel. Like, she is, she, she breaks for squirrels, you know what I mean? Like, she is... Uh, a modern day saint, in my opinion. And so I'm thinking, if she hasn't forgiven herself, what gives me the right to? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, Cameron, there have been times in my life where I have just been a scoundrel, like, uh, yes. you know. And I think it's interesting how we can forgive other people, sometimes very quickly, most of the time. But with ourselves, it's like we hold on to this guilt. What... What do you think are some ways to kind of let that go? I'd like to offer a perspective that might help. And that is dealing with the matter of the heart and the mind, right? Mm, okay. The mind is this thing that's always running and always thinking and always doing these things. And in the mind, when you see somebody trip, right? Mm, you see yeah. what you're just standing there and somebody trips in front of you. You might think, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Or karma, maybe they deserved it right? That's what Mm -hmm. the mind does. But then if you come down to the heart, you see somebody trip and fall and you become instantly compassionate. You're like, can I help you up? Can I help you? But then now when you take that same thought process, right? And you amplify it to the whole world, you can get lost in the suffering. Hmm. You can get lost in the pain that is everyone. Children in Africa starving, homeless people on the streets, right? And some people are so caught up in that, in the suffering of the world, that they don't have time to forgive themselves, right? They feel guilty for being alive, for being in the position that they are, because they have more than some 
have it, right? Right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you need to have balance because all things happen as they are meant to happen. The person that's homeless, the person that's starving, that's part of their life journey. Yeah. And it is for us to learn from this, right? Like a grander perspective, when you stop living in the heart, and maybe you start kind of using a combination of the two, the mind and the heart, mm-hmm. rationalize what's going on. You understand that this is the nature of the human existence to this point. We right. have those things. So we can make efforts to make them better. But if we get lost in the sadness and in the suffering, then we'll never move forward. So we have to have that balance of understanding yeah. that certain things are the way they are and that we can try to make a difference. But it's, again, you're only thinking from a limited perspective because you're thinking about you, right? This is mm, the ego. Yeah. The ego isn't always a, a narcissist, right? The ego can sometimes be this overly compassionate thing that may be working hard to make a difference. But if it's not enough for you, then it's not really helping because huh. you're driving yourself crazy by just trying to help. Yeah. So that's what this balance comes into play and realizing that all things that are happening, it's kind of like a machine. The yeah. wheels are turning. All of those people are part of the wheels turning. Who says that, you know, 20 years from now, we find a way through the passion and the heart of other people who are so willing to give up their time to help, we find a way to end homelessness or we find yeah. a way to end hunger in Africa. That wouldn't exist if we didn't have that feeling. That's true. Yeah. That's probably one of our most powerful, I think, abilities that we, you know, that we have. Um. Yeah, I really liked your episode on mindfulness and like how we should bring the mind chatter down. And I'll be honest, my meditation practice is, I I don't even know if I could call it a practice. Like it's just sort of hit and miss. And it's something I know I should be doing. Um, But would you say that 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 is the number one, you know, sort of... um, way to bring that mind chatter down or is you know i always hear people say well running is my meditation or you know painting is my meditation and i don't know i don't want to begrudge anyone but i don't know that that's the same as sitting still with your eyes closed you know in a quiet room and um i i I, again i don't want to tell them not to do those things but I, i for myself i know that meditation is like a whole different way of of bringing the mind chatter down do you think there's is that the only way or is there other ways? Certainly meditation of any type is, is useful, but really what we're trying to do is have that thing that you said, mindfulness, right? Yeah. Which is really an oxymoron because we don't want our mind full of anything. We would <laughs> like our minds empty. So right. think of it in that matter. We want to empty the mind. And the way that we do that <clears throat> is by being aware, by being present in the moment. And what is that? I know that that's kind of like a woo woo term. So, what, what does that mean, right? What is being present in the moment? Next time you're sitting with your family or sitting with nothing to do, what are you doing in that moment, right? Because you have to become aware. You have to stop being the passenger and then become the driver. Hmm. And when you do that, you'll realize like, okay, I'm just sitting here. And often that's too boring. The hmm. mind can't handle that. It doesn't yeah. want, that's why a lot of people don't like meditation. They don't like to sit and be quiet for five minutes. It's too much. Yeah. That is just one part though. In okay. Buddhism, they have multiple types of meditation. And one of the best ones that I love, and I love using it to explain it to people, is called walking meditation. Mm. 
So think about, you know, in the days before COVID, you know, if you had to walk to work or if you're in the grocery store walking, right? Right. Are you, are you just walking or are you thinking? Huh. Are you thinking about what you're going to have for dinner? Are you thinking about whatever work assignment you didn't finish already? Yeah. Are you thinking about whether or not you're being a good enough husband or mm-hmm. a good enough parent? Of course you are. Yeah. Because we've never learned how to not do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I would say it's impossible to completely shut down the mind. Right. And yeah. when you think about like organs in your body, right. You can't just shut down the heart on will. Right. I mean, maybe Good some point. gurus can, but like, but most Not, humans, they can't stop the heart from beating right. or your liver from detoxing things. So you have to recognize that the mind is not easily just stopped, but you mm. can slow it down. And by slowing it down, you just, you know, when you're walking, pay attention to what's around you, yeah. you know, notice the texture of the walls, notice what you're actually do be present in whatever it is you're doing. Thich Nhat Hanh, um, a famous Buddhist monk, he said, be mindful in such a way that when you're brushing your teeth, you're at peace. Wow. And it's such a beautiful and simple thing to say, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. Be so in the moment that you're brushing your teeth and you're not worried about other things because you're doing what you need to be doing right now. Right. I, I think the irony is that whenever we're thinking about the next thing, like you, we, in my mind, I shouldn't say we, I'm going to speak for myself. In my mind, I'm planning ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm being more effective that way, right? And really, it's the opposite because we would be much more productive if we just fully put our attention in whatever it was we're doing, whether it's brushing teeth or, you know, uh, being with the family, um, driving in traffic, um, you know, that kind of thing. And of all of the supposed or alleged life hacks out there, you know, meditation retreats and seminars, I think what you talk about with moment to moment awareness is probably one of the most powerful tools one can incorporate. It just kind of um, grounds you, you know, and it, um, it takes us out of that constant what's next sort of, you know, because it's either the mind for me is either focused on the future which is typically, you know, uh, stress, you know, related, or it's in the past, which is focused exactly. on sort of depression. Yes. Those are the sort of the yeah. default modes. And, you know, and sometimes when I'm talking, I try to phrase things in a way where I don't make it seem so simple that it's like, well, duh, you know what I mean? But sometimes it really is that simple. You know what says, oh, duh, right? It is that simple, duh, the ego. Uh, because your, you're right. your ego your ego is like a machine. Your ego is like this hungry little thing, goblin that's in your head that wants to continue to be stimulated and fed with either negative. And it's not always negative, sometimes even positive, right? We get addicted to things like food, right? Food Mm, makes me comfortable, right? And this is, and this is, again, this is what I love. You can prove all of this with science. I'm not just some hippie dippy guru that's trying to tell people this stuff. There's science to back this up, right? What do people do when they're depressed, right? Think about the things that you do when you're depressed or when you're angry, comfort food, mm-hmm. vegging out on the TV, right? Yeah. All of those things aren't necessarily bad, but if you're not aware of it, it is bad because then you're just not, you're not actually using the mind for anything. You're just being the passenger to the subconscious mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one of the things I learned from my anger depression or anger addiction, I should say, which kind of led <laughs> to more anxiety for me than depression. Um, but it was that 
in going through that routine of getting all upset and just uh, going through the motions every day, having the same experiences, I basically relinquished my free will, you know, to the program. Because yes. by the time we're, you know, 30 years old, you know, we're, we're out of sort of those youthful brainwave states where we're kind of absorbing all the information around us and the subconscious mind sort of it knows how to do everything better than the mind at that point. Like I can drive to work and I don't even really have to think of it anymore. And it's accepting that my anger was an addiction was kind of a, uh, I broke out of that a little bit. I got a little glimpse out of the matrix and uh, it was, it was so powerful, you know, just to be able Mm. to just get that little glimpse, you know, and like yourself, I don't claim to be perfect. You know, I definitely, have my off days, but, um, I can see light now, you know, it's like this little, yes. little light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, yeah, I'm just obsessed with neuroscience. I'm, I don't know anything about it. I'm, I'm pretty much a novice, but, um, it, what's even crazier to me is the placebo effect. You know, yes. there's 20 to 25% of all like, uh, medical studies, people are healing themselves with this water or sugar pill. And, um, there's a guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and, um, and he really goes into that. He takes it a step further, and he says that we are the placebo. Um, we are the placebo. Anytime your body is healing, it is because of you. Hmm. There's no medicine that's healing you. It's just allowing for the healing process to maybe work better, but that's even still questionable, right? I mean, <laughs> that's true. There's a reason why it's called a medical practice, but <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But anytime your body is healing, it is healing itself, huh. right? Do you ever notice that? We have such an odd way of identifying that. Most people wouldn't say, oh, I'm healing, right? They say right. the body is healing, right? Do you ever notice that there's a difference there? Why do you think that is? Because huh. we're not actually the body. We're yeah. a soul, you know, unless you don't believe in that. And that's fine. I, I don't tell anyone to believe in anything. But we identify as this fleshy exterior right Mm -hmm. yeah smart question mark question mark right that's because there's a separate thing going on here and i couldn't uh, don't ask me to explain it because i don't know myself but (laughs) we are separate we are a soul we are a spirit that is inhabiting this body and again now let's go back to the science aspect of it right most uh pain doctors and scientists will say things going on right now that's not mind the mind and brain are two separate things the logical things down throughout your whole body keeping it alive but the mind is something separate entirely huh. and this is something difficult to explain to people because they don't understand right and how could they we're not told this we're not given the tools to learn about that you know you learn about all kinds of history and math that you'll never use again but how much how much of your own body do you actually truly understand certain um, infrared pictures can take pictures of these energy centers in our body, which most people, A, are unaware of, or B, if you tell them that, they'll say you're crazy. But again, it's about how much effort and energy are people willing to spend into investigating their own Hmm. body, their own consciousness, the exterior of their little world. And you said something beautiful, the matrix, right? People know what the Matrix movie is, yeah. and then they probably have some connotation that there's some truth to it, right? 
But how much real truth is it, right? It's not that we're linked up to a battery, right? Yeah. But maybe it's a metaphorical battery. Right. Maybe it's all metaphorical, right? Our consumerism, us spending money, us doing these things, that is kind of like a battery. We mm. keep the government and the machine that is our system alive with our thoughts, with our behavior, with our efforts, our physical labor. Yeah. So in a way that that is real. And to be truthful, that isn't as well. We don't actually need to do those things. Yeah. And that's another thing that I identify as a problem with most human beings is that they're not aware that that is the current situation and they're frustrated. I hate mm. my job. Yeah. I hate my life. I hate my house. I hate my thing. Why do they feel this way? They're not content. One, because they don't know that the contentness comes from themselves. They're too busy seeking things internally outside of themselves. And then they get stuck in that repetitive behavior, not learning that it comes from within you, right? You can choose to be happy in any moment that you want. And then the second thing is that they are stuck in this thing that we call the quote unquote matrix, right? The everyday life. And that drives most people miserable and insane. Yeah. And that honestly, it explains a lot of our collective behaviors. When you turn on the news and you're like, wow, what, what was, how does someone get to that point? But it's, <laughs> it's because I think of exactly what you said. Yes. You know, that they have uh, shut themselves off from source energy and are just in this hamster wheel running around doing things and, and sadly enough, not even knowing why. It's a, I call it the status quo mentality. Like, well, we've always done mm. it this way. You know, it's a. Uh, That's good. <laughs> um, I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but um, it's, uh, I, I see that a lot. People just, um, but on the other side, I see people like yourself. And it seems like there is a ton of people that are waking up. And so yes. I, I actually, I feel a lot more positive about it than I do, you know, um, cynical because the the ones on, on the news and everything that are, you know, doesn't matter which side you're on, you know, because there's, there's protest everywhere, it seems like. But um, it's, uh, yes. well, I can go on with that. It's just that... Uh, they they've kind of cut themselves off from their divine nature, I think, and uh, but I do think yes. that a lot, of, many of us, um, I include myself. I'm slowly getting there. I'm a slow learner, but um, you know, through the help of of uh, you know podcasts like yours and other YouTube channels, like I've been able to like open up a thing and 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 be a little bit more optimistic about human humanity's future. Are you are you share the optimism <laughs> or are you? Do you find yourself slipping into the cynical side? <laughs> most days, most <laughs> days I'm optimistic and right. I still suffer from the disappointment, right? I'm like a disappointed father. I'm like, ah, oh, man, why won't these people get it? But it's, as I said before, and I'm so glad that you brought it up because this is right. How do we deal with this? Right. No matter what side you're on, there's disappointments. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like every side feels like they're losing. There's fear. Yeah, your third eye, right? If you want to the chakras or the mind or whatever, and then versus living in your heart, right? But either way, it is attachment. And this is, again, I, I like to reference Buddhism a lot. I don't claim to be a Buddhist myself, but that was one of the doorways that opened up all of this to me. And so I really appreciate what they have to say. But they say that the root of all suffering is our attachments, okay? Huh. And our attachments to things, people, and feelings right now with everything going on in the world that's never been more prevalent we're attached to an idea 
or to a side or to a person. We, you know, some people hate Trump supporters. Some Trump supporters hate liberals, right? Yeah. It's vice versa. But why is this? Why is this this way, right? Because of fear and anger. Yeah. And those are the problems now, but they're not always the dead set problem. Like it's not like they can't come back. It's a larval. And that is going to show them hopefully someday and hopefully soon that this is only hurting them and that the only way to escape that is forgiveness. Right. And no matter what side of the political world you choose to be on, there's no cause or reason to hate anyone. Right. And if you do hate people, then that is a problem. Yeah. You are holding on to an anchor that is only going to continue to bring down. Yeah, and this is another good analogy. When the things were going on with the police, and I guess it's still technically going on, but I tried to be in the middle and explain to people that there are two sides of this story, right? Yeah. What a lot of people don't take into consideration about the police is that a good majority of them are veterans of the military, like mm. myself. Take that mindset and go into being supposed to be a peacekeeper. They have PTSD sometimes, just like I did. Sure. And yeah. that's the very reason I'm not a, a cop. I, I probably would have made mistakes and I probably could have either gotten myself hurt or hurt somebody else. And mm -hmm. I don't want that on myself, but there are still people who needed to fulfill that part of themselves that needs to serve and protect people. And that should be honored. That part mm -hmm. is still very real in those human beings, regardless of the mistakes they make. Now let's take the other side, right? People yeah. who are committing crime, people who are doing things in protest, mm -hmm. right? Why are they doing that? because they didn't necessarily get a fair shot at life, right? Yeah. Can we really be angry at somebody who's committing crimes like selling drugs or, you know, selling guns or robbing people or taking a cars, right? Like at face value, we're like, oh, that's a bad person. Let's lock them up. Yeah. Stop looking. You're looking up here mm -hmm. and not with this. Where's the compassion? Did you ever consider those things because they don't have money and they never had a shot, right? Some people, right, especially of other races, they're set up for failure from yeah. the get-go. And that's sometimes their only option. Yeah. And that doesn't make it right. But what we need to do is we need to learn from that. We need to have a little bit more compassion, right? If you commit a crime and you do something wrong, yes, you should be punished. But does that mean we put them in prison, in the, especially in our prisons, our prison system? Right. No. Why, why not change that and reform it to where – they're learning things like mindfulness. Mm, Why yeah. not put them in a place that actually does set them up for success? Because whether people like to believe it or not, once you go to prison, that's it. You're yeah. not going to do better when you get out, right? I mean, it's on your record. And more than likely, I, I couldn't tell you the statistics, but if you look at the statistics of people who go to prison, mm -hmm. I, I would bet that it's at least half of them end up going back. No, I think you're back. right. Yeah. Why is that? Because they've got nothing else for them to be successful, even if they want to, even if they want to start a new life and be successful. And some do don't, I don't want to discredit anybody. There've been plenty of people who have ended up turning their life around and doing really good things. But what I'm saying is let's be compassionate for yeah. both sides, understanding where people are coming from. You have to understand what it is to be human to understand why people make mistakes. I mean, shit, even murder, right? Yeah. Have you ever been so mad or so in the moment where you want to punch somebody or punch a hole through a wall, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we've all been there. Now you're that once. person. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe you've got it done. Certainly myself. And again, it doesn't excuse anyone's behavior, right? But instead of trying to point fingers and call people names and chastise people and then make it about a big deal on Twitter, maybe right. we should forgive people. Maybe we should learn to be understanding. Right. Because what is it doing? It's as much as you'd like to think that your little Twitter comments are actually hurting people's 
feelings. It's really only hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you've said it before on your podcast, you know, what you do to someone else, be it kindness or, or anger, or, you know, something evil, it's going to come back to you. Um, and it, when you talk about those people, you know, that uh, the ex-con, you know, if someone comes up to you and introduces himself as a as an ex-con, you know, automatically people have a list of prejudices that, that sort of populate in their, their schema, you know, their, their profile of that person. And yes. I don't think... Yeah. There's, I don't think there's very many people in this world that say, yep, when I grow up, I want to be a criminal. It doesn't happen <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, this is something no, that it's, it's like you said, it's, it's it comes out of a, a desperate situation. You know, nobody wants to, to choose that life. I mean, they're, they might say so on the outside, you know, because then that gives you a sense of control. Like I wanted to do this, but deep down, I don't think anybody wants to live a life like that. It's just like you say, sometimes there's just not a lot of options based on your social demographic, you know, sort of placement in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, and an easy example is like, look at other countries, but it's all part of a never ending consciousness expansion, right? Huh. From the things that they're doing, from the things that they're experiencing, it will make them better. Think about America, right? What did we start out as? We started out as colonies of farmers, pilgrims, and people who were just trying to make an honest living and, and deal with being in a new land away from the empire of the British, you know, right. um, tyranny or whatever you want to call it. Like, but they had to lose and then they had to learn how to become free. Other countries will follow in suit when they have the opportunity and the chance to learn from that. They will rise and they will do. I mean, other countries have already done this, obviously. Yeah. What I'm saying is when we look at places like, I mean, even look at like Iraq, Afghanistan, mm. Syria, all these Middle Eastern countries, right? Yeah. Eventually, that will not be their situation. Eventually, when they're ready, they will make some. The unfortunate thing is that we tend to interfere with that a lot. And mm. as much as goodwill as we like to think that we're doing, it's not always beneficial. But again, it is still part of the cog in the machine, right? Maybe our interference in somebody else's country actually leads them to becoming free themselves. So you can't take away anything. You can't, in my opinion, <clears throat> and this is only mine, I feel like, and this is where the non-judgment comes into, right? Not mm. labeling things as good or bad. It's all good. And it's all bad, huh, but it's all necessary. Yeah. It needs to happen. And so, and that includes people's reactions. So people reacting one way or the other saying, oh, this is terrible and we're you know, evil and we're doing this, blah, 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 blah. Right. But it's part of the cog. Yeah. It's part of the divine nature of what is and what isn't. And I think we, myself, I, I think we underestimate kind of what, how simple or how profound um, just, you know, how profound that just being present with yourself has on the world. I mean, we, there's, I forget how many people in the world right now, but, uh, 25 billion or so, is that something like that? But, um, it, it's up there. Right. And so you think I'm just one person, I can't make a difference, but you know, if I'm present and I am, you know, focused on being in the moment, it actually does. It's a, it's a ripple effect. And I know I sound Pollyanna when I say this, but I, I genuinely do believe that, um, you know, just me being, uh, doing the best that I can in the moment is actually, it's probably the greatest contribution I can make to the collective. 
to the to the overall humanity. And if we look back on Jesus and Buddha and all these other people, right, what were they doing? Yes, sometimes in certain ways it was dramatic and they were leaders of countries and leaders of movements and stuff like that, but you don't have to be that to make it different. I'm changing the world by the interactions I have with people. Every time that I'm patient and compassionate versus being angry and um, ignorant, I'm giving people a chance to be themselves and to correct themselves when they are being that way. Because that's the power of the passion when you are that way to somebody it makes it very difficult to continue to be angry with that person or have argument with that person if you're just stone cold compassion and this is one of the most beautiful things about um, this whole process was one of the first books i ever read that kind of led me on this path was called shambhala the sacred path of the warrior and this is an offset of buddhism but the principle is that you are a warrior but a warrior that is so peaceful that no person can break that concentration of peace You could be in a room full of and it's so positive that it forces those people out of the room because they can't stand to be around you just because you're so compassionate and so full of light. Man, there's no better purpose. I, could, I couldn't think of one. That to hmm. me is what I strive to be. Yeah, we, we need more Camerons in the world right now. So, uh, you know, you've, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're assisting me in my journey for sure. I don't know if, uh, you know, it, it's probably, I don't, I don't see you as an egotistical person, so you might not like that compliment, but you know, your, your podcast is definitely, you know, helping me to be more present in the moment. I'm, I'm sort of one of those people that has to constantly go back to it. You know, I, if mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, fill my life with these speakers like yourself, I kind of start to slide a little bit. You know, I, I, I need to sharpen that tool continuously. I don't really, I've learned that it's not a destination. It's a, <laughs> it's a practice every day of being, you know, compassionate. And Brad, and I appreciate the compliment and I do accept it. Um, but <laughs> Good, to being but... truthful, I still, I, I have to sharpen my tools as well. I find myself, especially mm, within yeah. the last week. So, you know, I've, I've definitely filled my life with it as well to maintain it. I have a journal. Um, and I encourage people listening, if you're looking for a way to get better at this or to kind of bring this into your life, journaling is wonderful because what you can do is mm. in a moment when you're experiencing pain or suffering and you want to learn from it, you can write it down and always go back to it, right? Or maybe you're oh, experiencing okay. a full day of bliss and it's just so good that you just need it. Sometimes wisdom can come out of that. And if you write it down, then you can always go back and look at it. You can always learn from it, yeah. right? What, what mistake did I make yesterday? And what do I not want to do again today, right? And again, yeah, it's still not perfect. It takes all of these things. It takes being mindful. It takes doing meditation. It takes journaling. When you continue to yeah. do that, it becomes the normal instead of the negative. Because you got to remember, right? For me, I'm 29. It took 27 years to figure it out and to start fixing it, right? So, I mean, it, yeah. might, take, it might take that amount of time for me to get out of it completely, but I don't know. No, I think uh, another 10 years, man, you're going <laughs> to... You're going to have this long white beard and a staff and <laughs> be helping millions of people, hopefully. <laughs> I just shaved my beard. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I hope so. Well, one does not. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I really appreciate that. I know you've got the Hermit Radio out there on podcast. Uh, that's that's sort of my kind of, um, you know, uh, go-to. But where, I know you've got a YouTube channel. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that where people can find you? 
couple months, I've actually been getting involved with an organization called Life Growth, and I actually just became the COO of that company. Um, it's oh, what a, is that? It's a sacred media platform. So we have our own social media experience where people who are interested in self-development and spirituality can come and learn from this. And we have some groups and our YouTube channel to what we're currently doing. We have some practitioners, some people who are helping people with self-development, uh, meditation and things like that. So we're, we're trying to expand and bring this more to the world. You know, I, I was doing it as just one person with my little podcast and that has since uh -huh. grown into this now uh, organization in my podcast from radio is now the official podcast for life growth. So some big things and some big changes coming and stuff there or that. And if you want to check out our social media, just go to lifegrowth.org. Awesome. And I will link all this in the show notes for everyone. So um, thank you so much, Cameron. I, I really appreciate it once again. Thanks, Brad. Thank you so much for listening this week. I really appreciate that. Um, might be cranking up the episode rotation here. I've, uh, I've got a lot of interesting people that I've talked to over the last couple of weeks. So I want to post some uh, more frequent episodes. Um, make sure that you check out the show notes. I've got all the info on how to listen to Hermit Radio and how you can get in contact with LifeGrove. That's part of the organization that uh, Cameron is involved with. They're doing some really interesting things. You can find all of my backlog episodes at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Find me on Twitter at thecoffeebuzzpc. Same for Instagram. And if you want to send me an old school email, I'm down with that too. It's thecoffeebuzzpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week.